Super Talk Mississippi media production. Come see your locally owned and operated Linton Glass for all your glass needs. No matter what glass you need to replace, you can count on Linton Glass. Call us today at 601-835-4336 or find us on the web at lintonglass.com. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the story straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi Minute. That's right. Hey, 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 it's another Mississippi Minute. Don't forget, before we get started today, there's so many beautiful, awesome things to do to celebrate our Mississippi. Go to visitmississippi.org to find out more. Today's guest knows all about that as he's part of this culture and history. Uh, just amazing. Grew up about 55 miles east of me down Highway 182. His band, The Gants, held from Greenwood, Mississippi, toured with groups like The Animals. I mean, we're talking The Animals. Come on. We're talking the Dave Clark Five, Sam the Sham, and the Swingin' Medallions, etc., etc. As the lead singer and writer of this rock group, he etched his name in platinum, baby, and his name would become synonymous with rock and roll history. With such hits as Roadrunner, Baby Don't Care, uh... I mean, they were on every top radio station in the country. I know what that feels like when that all starts to blow up and it's pretty exciting. Followed by Cracking Up, Drifters, Sunrise, Spoonful of Sugar. I can keep on going on and on as my guest is sipping on some coffee. But what started in a Mississippi garage? Well, we'll get into that right now. With a great man, the real deal, a real deal legend from our home state, the great Sid Herring in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Hello, Sid. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Was a stumbling pretty good there? <laughs> stumbling through it. Yeah, you made it. Mm. It's difficult You're going to do it again? No, I'm not going to do it again. That's it. Uh, you know, my, <laughs> my, my faithfuls know that Steve stumbles a lot, but it's just part of the deal that yeah. they realize that we're pretty imperfect. Uh, how are you feeling this With morning? Me, <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. With you, me, you never know. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I know. All right, so... I'm excited. I'm going to do a thing of first for you because, you know, I, I did a lot of reading about you. And obviously I knew who you were growing up, uh, uh, you know, knew who you were uh, is an understatement. Respected who you were, trying to follow in your footsteps. You, you made them pretty big, so they were difficult. And I was trying, trying to stretch my shoes as far as I could. But you were such a part of such a, a beginnings and, and a series of firsts, especially for our genre. You come from a place that we both know that if you look left or turn right or look below your feet or look above you to the good Lord, wherever you go, there is this influence that's constantly tugging at you, trying to seep its way, especially when it comes to genres of music. You and I grew up around it all, being from where we're from. So 
I, I guess I want to understand that where all of the inspiration came, where was that pivotal moment, that aha moment that made you want to, or was it an act you saw, a sound you heard that made you go, I think this is what I want to do instead of run track. You know what I mean? I hear you. Yeah, I think, uh, well, of course, Elvis has influenced, you know, tremendous influence on the whole music industry. Uh, but, uh, I tell you, when I heard Little Richard, I remember the first time I heard Little Richard, and I think it was Good Guy Little Miss Molly, or maybe it was Long Call Sally. He just knocked me for a flip, man. He's a singing dude. He just can roll with it. And uh, uh, after that, I think my next uh, hero was Bo Diddley. Wow, yeah. And uh, I think Bo Diddley played at the Armory in Greenwood across the tracks. And... Uh, we went over there, me and Johnny, the rhythm guitar player for the Gants, we went over there, and we just had to see this. I think it was about 1961. And uh, I had just bought, I had just got a silver tone amp and a silver tone guitar from mm. Sears and Roebuck. Yeah. And didn't didn't know much about it, just kind of trying to learn how to do it. Needed a little inspiration at the time. It's all... It's funny how the timing came together. I mean, I got the guitar, then I go see Bo Diddley, and he beats this incredible, everybody knows he's known for this incredible Bo Diddley beat. And it just, uh, the way he beat on that guitar, I went home and I took that new silver tone out that night. And Joe Carrero came over that night, to tell you the truth, and I beat the hell out of <laughs> Out of my silver tone, man, trying to figure out how to how to get that uh, Bo Diddley sound. Dun, 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 and and dun, 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 I, I don't know if you know who Joe Crero is, but he was the uh, replaced drummer in Paul Revere and the Raiders. Yeah, I do know. And he's from yeah. Greenwood, Mississippi. And anyway, he uh, he came over that night. Me and Johnny were there. Joe was there beating on a box or something. We just we just got back from seeing Bo Diddley, and we just had ourselves incredible time. And I think that was the uh, that was the original hook. Yeah. That just uh, I got a little bit of the music, and it just gave me chills. You know, yeah. just to hear uh, some of the stuff. I, I'm still that way today. Yeah. I, I still yeah. love it just as much as ever. I can get in that car. In fact, there's a couple of songs. Man, every time they pass this certain part in the song, I swear the chill bump just rises. And you'd think that'd get old. Yeah, but it, doesn't, that, it doesn't get old. It doesn't get old. You know, it's interesting. You play the same songs a lot of times, and you obviously are constantly creating one way or another, and you like yeah. to introduce songs and all this as we go, but you're you're making a, a very right. valid point. The minute I got hooked, I'm still hooked. It's just, I think that yeah. folks like us, we, we only have one choice once we get so smitten over yeah. it, you know what I mean? And that's you got to go all the way. So it's I, I like love it. guiding a bird dog. You're right. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, you talk. You, you you guys are known as this garage band sort of. Well, heck. First of all, let me say this: with the way they made garages, even now, but back in the day, I always thought that they were made for band gear, not cars. Because <laughs> uh, tell me about it. I mean, you couldn't <laughs> fit look, a Lincoln Continental. No, and look, my my folks had when they got their station wagon because there were five of us. You know, I was in the way back facing my little sister and and arguing with her and trying not to be car sick on the way to Clarksdale to visit my grandparents. But but you think about it, you couldn't fit those cars in the garage anyway. So I don't know what they were thinking when they were building those little boxes. So I, once I put the band gear in there, 
it was there forever. How about you guys? Uh, same thing. And, and uh, you know, I don't know. The the, uh, the garage thing makes it sound like it was a, you know, not such a comfortable place. But to me, it was perfect. You me know, too. like you said, we got our amps sitting there. I mean, to look around and see the, the sliding door in the ceiling, you know, that goes <laughs> down, or just to see the atmosphere of the garage always inspired me. But tell you the truth, we were doing that, you know, and then somebody came up with that idea. We never really thought of ourselves as a garage band until somebody told us that. But that's what we were, and uh, and uh, I think more fun has been held and been had in the garage than anywhere in the world. You know, we're talking to Sid Herring. Sid, you, when I used to go to Nashville, and and my brother would book the big studio, at, you know, at SR, uh, SRR or wherever we, we wherever we stored yeah. our gear and rehearsed. When they would get the big room, I couldn't stand it. I was going, "Why are we in this big room and nobody's in it?" I want to get the little bitty yeah. room because you felt like you were still in that little tight quarters. You could you could um, you know convey. Uh, a feeling to your band member because they were right next to you and you didn't have a yeah, lot of room yeah. to breathe, you know? It was like a garage. Yeah. Communication was good. Right. Yeah, they always compart, you know, put you in a certain little compartment in, in the studio. And, and I remember that, uh, <laughs> I remember we went to uh, Memphis. Actually, we did my third or fourth gig in, in Vicksburg, Mississippi. I think we made about $250. <laughs> Maybe three hundred, which is great. Yeah. But as uh, soon as I got that money, I said, "Guys, look, I, I want to take this. I want to save this. Let's go uh, see if we can make a re- record." So I called Memphis and I set up a deal at Sam Phillips Studio, and we went down there, and, and Sam was there for a little while, and and uh, so we set up. And of course, we were nervous as hell, and we set up, and we get in there, and instead of Nobody told us anything about how to go about it. Instead of, uh, we just played the thing. We started just like a gig, like we did a set. I yeah. think we did nine or ten songs. <laughs> and we just did the whole set, just like we would do at a gig. And that, that was it. It was on acetate records. It was on, you know, acetate record, real thick record. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we did that. And, and then uh, uh, I, I remember... Uh, Going back home, and after we we did that, of course it didn't sound very good, but it was hey, it was done. Yeah. And uh, Dominic Fertizzi came to me one day. We were playing at the Legion Hut. We did a lot of gigs in Greenwood, the Legion Hut, and uh, and he says, "Man, I heard good stuff about y'all." Says uh, he says I got some guys that uh, might be interested in recording you. Says. Uh, what do you think about that? And I said, you know it. We'll do it. Just let me know. Let's talk about it and see what happens. And and he said Muscle Shows at Fame Recording Studio. <laughs> yeah. Of course, then Fame, you know, this was Fame was uh, yeah. just a regular studio. It wasn't this magic. Shout out to my friend Mike Armour for suggesting that I reach out to Sid Herring. That's who's on the show today. Thanks, Mike. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Go to visit Mississippi.org to find out the cool things you can do right here. We shall be right back. Steve Azar. Wake up with Gallo. Go to bed with Bon Gino. It's kind of like the radio version of a Panino. 
Yeah, that's right, a panino, a radio panino with all sorts of good and gooey Mississippi ingredients right in the middle. Deliciously addictive. Paul Gallo, mornings at 6, and Dan Bongino, late nights at 11. The perfect way to start and end your day on Super Talk Mississippi. Supertalk.fm. Supertalk.fm. Your one stop for all the news that matters in the Magnolia State. Supertalk.fm. Everything you need to know at your fingertips. Supertalk.fm. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Supertalk Mississippi. Rolling down a Mississippi Minute, rocking down a Mississippi Minute, rocking and rolling down a Mississippi Minute. That's what we're doing with Sid Herring, the great Sid Herring, uh, from, from the band, his band, The Gants, Greenwood, Mississippi, right down the street. So many wonderful things to do in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Go to visitmississippi.org, and trust me, you're going to dig it. Hey, Sid, give me a timetable real quick with when you first met little Steven and you got the call. I mean, tell me. Give me sort of, uh, was this well before he started doing the serious radio show, or was it, I mean, was it like years before? It, well, no, it was actually about the time that he was thinking about it. He just, I think what he did, he had this idea, and he invited us, like I said, the tribes, and, uh, oh, I can't recall all the bands, a bunch of them, all of those bands of the time, and we had five, six bands, and we did some shows there in New York, around New York and in uh, Hoboken and here and there. And uh, so, you know, as far as why he called, I don't know. But I remember uh, I remember thinking, man, I, you know, this late in the deal, this kind of knocks me out. I'm not really uh, expecting this at all. And, uh, you know, he did that. We all set up time to go to New York. And then later on, he... Uh, after that particular tour, he sets up another tour of Florida and calls us to do it again. Yeah, and then love it. We get on the bus with him, and, and uh, we just have ourselves one hell of a time. Did you ever and, meet uh, Andy Babuke from the Chesterfield Kings? You know, he was on the Sopranos, their band. He's They're doing a band right now, Little Steven and him are producing with one of the guys from the Ramones, one of the guys from the Cars, Andy. Um, Andy wrote the the book, The Beatles Gear, and the Rolling Stones Gear. He's like an encyclopedia. Um, and he's he's from Rochester. Did you guys ever run into each other? No, I don't. That Not that I recall. What's his name again? Andy Babuke. He's uh, Andy. he's incredible. He's like a historian of music, and so when the Beatles, yeah. when he did the Beatles gear book of all their gear, it, I'm talking accurate accounts. Where Ringo, uh-huh. he said, actually goes and looks and ref, you know refers to the book to remind him of what he used on a certain record. He uses that book that Andy did. Well, the Stones saw it. And, and read it, and they go, we want our own book. So he went and did theirs, went on the road with them. But him and little Steven are like glued to the hip. So I was wondering if you guys knew each other. You got to know each other. Uh, I mean, one eventually, if I you wish, don't know. I wish. That I tell you what, again, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of little Steven. And, and uh, anybody that uh, is related to him, he is a wonderful man. Yeah. He just he treated us great. I remember I wrote something. I saw something on Facebook yesterday. And uh, I remember we were sitting there, and we were waiting on to go on. I think we were playing Tampa, Florida, at the casino there. And, and I said, look, Stephen, man, you have had one hell of a career. 
Mm-hmm. He says, what do you mean, had? He says, I'm just getting started. <laughs> and I think that's what he's got going now. I think he was what he was talking about the guys. If you, I get a lot of videos from them playing, and uh, he's got a, a really big band, his big horn thing, you know, everything yeah. going yeah. on. Hey, Sid, I want to ask you something. So you look yeah. at Springsteen, and you look at, like, Garth, and you look at – and yeah. I can say my band now because after 25 years – uh, I, some of my guys have been with me 25 years, so it takes time for you to yeah. to prove that. I guess you're loyal to each other. Yeah, in in your case, right. same to, way, to right? Your music, right? Right. I mean, it's yeah, it's, exactly. It's it it's it's a credit to me to not only the act, the lead guy, but the band. How you guys become such a a family, and uh, even through the arguments and through the tough times and the roller coaster ride that you're on, you go through the highs, the lows, the mids. Right, I mean, uh, with you guys in exactly. the Gats, how how has it been? Well, it was it was like I was the only child, so the bands were my brothers, and Johnny Sanders and I were were together like uh, glued at the hip from the age of about ten years on. And Johnny told me when he was about ten or eleven, he was going to be a doctor. <laughs> I just took it to truth. That's exactly what he did. He became a doctor, <laughs> but uh, we. I feel so fortunate that I had uh, I had my best friend Johnny, and then another best friend was Don and Vince, and uh, we were like stuck together. and And I was only child, so I'm I'm in my perfect place. I'm music loving this stuff, and I got my brothers here with me. So as long as we were together, we were always having a wonderful time. And I remember we were in New York. And uh, we had, uh, well, this is something a lot of people like to hear. We had had a chance to. They asked us, said, uh, listen, guys, would y'all like to meet uh, Paul McCartney and Ringo? And they had a party going on the next night. And we said, of course we would. Well, as things went, the lights went out. And uh, <laughs> the party never happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that made me electricity. Sick, but I always... Uh, <laughs> I always like to tell that story. I'm not sure why, because it broke my heart when yeah. that didn't happen. That's why, because you know, you you know, as time goes on, you think some things you'll never get over. You know what I mean? Like it's painful. Yeah. You wake up, your heart's hurting. <laughs> you know, you've been working toward this. You get a chance to be yeah. out there with with people that really influenced you, inspired you, and you wanted, to, and, and at some point would be on your level playing field, as much as you can say. You know what I mean? And and become develop a relationship, exactly. and then the lights go out. I mean, that's not right. <laughs> no, it's not. But I, I think back now, and I look back, and I am so glad that I chose music. Yeah. Uh, it just once I once I caught on, I just knew that that was it. You know, if I'd have found something else that I wanted to do, or at least that's the way I feel now. At this point, once I found music, that was what I was going to try to accomplish in my uh, life. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and uh, I'm sure you had the same thing. It's an incredible inspiration to uh, to see these guys do this, want to be that, and then have something really happen and just blows you away. You know. Yeah, and you're influenced by so true. many, and then you develop your sound, which takes a while because I mean you're you're young and you're so easily influenced and inspired. Yeah. That you know, there's there's just no there's nothing there's no filter in the way to stop you at that point, and just the ability that you have to dream and then turn it into something yep. real, man, it's just so cool. We're, that, that, we're, yeah. 
that's a good way to put it. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. It's yeah. a dream, and, and it, it's like things you think can't happen. They just can't happen, but they can happen. Yeah. You just have to believe they can happen. Well, let me tell you what. We're with the great Sid Herring, and I'm Steve Azar, and we grew up literally. I'm in, I'm in my hometown of Greenville now. I spent 20 years where Sid is right now in Nashville. Uh, as the uh, as the as the beginning, the bumper of this show says, and then I moved my family back to the birthplace of American music. Speaking of, you're a big part of that history. Uh, you get to play DJ. I'm not. Well, you know what? I'm going to break the. You're going to be the first one I ever break the rule to, of ever, because you always have to pick another artist to play. But heck with that. We're going to play your music on this show. Would you like to? Hear, what would you like to hear from? Sid Herring and the Gants. Well, I tell you one that I that I liked. It was David Gates Bread was the producer, and I think he wrote it. It was called. Uh, it was called Greener Day. All right, Greener Day. You it have, is. Do you have that? Yeah. Well, I'm. Well, my producer Will right now that's listening is going to find it. We're at Sid Herring in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Go to visit Mississippi.org. Whole lot of cool, cool things to do and discover. Like our guest, Sid Herring. We'll be right back. I'm Steve Azar. Guarantee Bank are setting the standard in banking. So Guarantee Bank is committed to excellence in financial services and their delivery to strengthen the communities they serve and help improve the quality of life for those all-important areas. So make your reservation today. Their doors are open. Just schedule your appointment and reserve your spot prior to visiting them at gbtonline.com. The entire team of Guarantee Bank are committed to serving you and keeping you and their staff safe during these unprecedented times. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. Mississippi News doesn't sleep, and neither do we. At supertalk.fm, you get news from all over the state, from stories to keep you safe, to legislation that could affect your bank account, to weather reports to help you better plan your weekend. Plus, find in-depth interviews with the newsmakers in the Supertalk podcast archives. And everything Mississippi sports. Your Mississippi news. All the time. On air and online at supertalk.fm.fm. The news doesn't sleep. And neither do we. Fox News Radio. Late breaking. Up to the minute. From around the world. Around the clock. Here on Supertalk Mississippi. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. As I write this letter, I hope you're feeling better than I am as I sit here. Rolling down a Mississippi Minute, I got a Mississippi legend on the phone, and I just dig it every time I get the opportunity uh, to spend and get to know 
some of the people that I really grew up respecting, like Sid Herring. In the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio, visit Mississippi.org. I'm sure if you go there, you're going to find out a whole lot about him and many others. A lot going on there, so check out the website and then make it your next destination. It's in your backyard, for goodness sake. All right, we got Sid on the phone. Sid, so... I want to understand a series of firsts here. Your first guitar is the Silvertone, your amp. You know, Sears was obviously the place. You get them in those little cardboard boxes, and and you go bang away. Okay, do you still have that guitar? Possibly? Uh, You know, out of all the musical instruments I've owned, that Silvertone guitar is the only thing I traded in. I think I got $34. Yeah. Yeah, that thing would be worth I a whole lot of money right now. And <laughs> it's, it's the one that I want the most. Yeah, I know. You know, it's the one that I wish I'd have never gotten rid of. But I learned from that because I kept my Jaguar that I bought in Greenville in 19, <laughs> I think about 63. And it's, uh, I still got it, so, but I learned a lesson from I that. Love it. Hey, Sid, you know, I've Don't got, sell. No, don't sell the first guitar. Don't sell music equipment. <laughs> no. Like no, I got them hanging all over my walls right now, the ones that are retired. And I was I almost, well, I had my first guitar, but now Marty Stewart's got it in his museum. Actually, the first guitar yeah, I wrote songs on. The first guitar, I think it's somewhere in my parents' storage, and I got to go hunt it down because I didn't sell it. It was a big old jumbo harmony gut string. And I and I still yeah. everybody makes the joke said that I like to choke the guitar when I play, but and yeah. strangle it. Well, heck, I grew up with those big old necks, so I mean I had to I had to learn to kind of grab it, you know, and take it by the, the hands. Are not throat. my hands are not real big yeah. anyway. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't think my I, my hands are very big now, but I think it's because I had to make them around. I had to stretch them to get around that neck. I was yeah. palming a basketball when I was like th- twelve. You know, <laughs> hey Sid. Yeah. Um, let's keep let's keep it going. A matter of first, first song you ever wrote that you feel like, well, that was sort of a good, you know. Okay, now I'm getting it. You know what I mean? As a writer, yeah, yeah, I do. It was called Crying. It's crying is for the sad things. Something like that. Some little old bubblegum deal. But uh, come on, I took it down to Memphis and. Uh, and we recorded, I think I recorded, I had about four of my songs in that recording. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I learned well from that because I went home immediately and started writing more, better songs. Yeah. Each level comes out a little better, it seems like yeah. to me. Yeah. The first time I recorded was in Memphis and I, and I came home and went, and had the same feeling, meaning I'm not there yet. I got work to do. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. um, mm-hmm. y- y- it's sort of like you finally hear yourself, you know, and then mm-hmm. you're going like, you, you know, that, yeah potential there yeah. yeah and you know what's missing and you got to go to work and let me ask you um you guys were doing it in high school for me i was doing it in high school but i wouldn't really wasn't playing real gigs until college when i went to delta state mm-hmm. so for you guys in high school was there ever uh some obstacles in the way of going to play gigs when you were a student um well basically i made uh if it was going to, if I could make it happen, it was going to happen. Uh, as far as the music gigs, I was obsessed by by making this thing work. So I, you know, all I can say is I was ready to go from the get go. I just uh, just was uh, fired up, ready to write songs. Just just knew that uh, it was a possibility that we could even do this. And then when we when we first heard ourselves on the radio. 
Yeah. And that was it. Okay, you that know? was the next question. First time you heard yourself on the radio. You know, I know they're cliche of was, questions, I, but they're important. Well, no, I remember that well. As a matter of fact, I was, they, we've got a little uh, a marker, music marker in Greenwood that Greenwood did for us at the yeah. Legion Hut there on Claiborne Avenue. I don't know if you know where that is. But anyway, that marker is there. And to tell you the truth, I was riding down Claiborne Avenue and passed right by the Legion Hut there. And I heard, uh, I think I heard Roadrunner on Chicago, WLS. <laughs> and I, I think I had uh, uh, Mickey Matthews, one of my old friends, with me. And man, you talk about a good feeling. And I know you you know this. Yeah. I'm so glad that you know this because it is a wonderful feeling. I was just hollering, jumping up and down. We went and pulled over and, you know, got that car and turned it up, all that scene. Yeah. So it was a wonderful time. And it was right there on Claiborne. I remember like it was yesterday. You think about this. We're talking to Sid Herring. You think about when WLS played. We we obviously tuned into them later in the maybe at night, right? For us, yeah, that right. That's so right. When you uh-huh. were on WLS, you were national. You know what I mean? It wasn't like your. It just, was. Yeah. Wow. That was a major. Yeah. I mean, it covered like half the United States. Yeah. Gosh. So and cool. I was so proud of of being involved and hearing those people. <laughs> I think Roadrunner went up, got up to something like I don't know, top ten or yeah three or something like that and to tell you this steve this is a story that uh i they started playing gloria off the album back then people didn't play albums you know they didn't even play the back sides much they would just play the a side right well they started playing gloria and gloria started getting a good response and even got on the charts a little bit there if i recall right but and uh and so we called california and as a group, and we asked Liberty Records, we said, look, man, we've heard some really good uh, feedback in Chicago about Gloria. I said, it's about time for Roadrunner. We need to put out another song, Timing's Right, and the song is already out there. And them had cut the song, but they had banned it because of the descriptive, uh, you know, <laughs> Yeah, sexual explicit part yeah. of it, yeah. and so I I knew when they did that. I said we got to record that, guys. <laughs> as soon as we recorded it, I changed it just enough to make it okay, and, and they started playing it. And then the next thing I know is Liberty just refused to release it. They just refused. I don't know if it, yeah. I keep saying they want his money, but but anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, we went ahead and. Uh, they they released it, and I, I don't know. It just all worked out well. It all turned out good in, in the end. Yeah. And uh, it's just something that uh, I wish we'd have had a little bit more control of at the time. If they'd went ahead and played that song. Also, The Shadows of Night cut that song about two or three months later mm-hmm. and then put it out, and they're right outside of Chicago, and I think they saw how, uh, you know, how well it went on Chicago, they put it out, and then they ended up getting the benefit for it. Hey, well, so. yeah, well, you guys were ahead of your time there. And let me ask, the difference between writing a song and finding a song for you. Um, well, you know, how and how'd you go about it? I mean, like, if you go, I mean, it's always been complicated yeah, for me to find anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, because a lot of Beatles songs I would want to play, they were also 
so good, man. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to play them all. But Johnny didn't have – Johnny couldn't sing the high parts. So I would go do the highs live, and I would go up there, and then when it comes back to the vocal lead, I would sing the vocal, and Johnny would do my part when I went up. Hello. And so – and sometimes uh, there were some parts that uh, I had to do as a lead singer – that uh, I couldn't cover the high part in that part, too, in some particular song. And we would sound pretty good in the song. I was thinking, well, this is working pretty good, but we couldn't we couldn't get that to work out because of uh, the uh, singing range. And uh, that that uh, things like that kind of changed the songs we picked and, and made a choice for us. Right, but if a song didn't work, I constantly I would mostly learn the songs, and then I'd come to the guys, and we'd get together, and we'd, I, I you know, everybody get their parts. But uh, you know, I, I just I was obsessed by that. I would sit there for eight, ten hours in a row, picking out stuff, trying to figure out one little word. Now they got all this stuff that what note it is. <laughs> what the words are, yeah. <laughs> you can break it down into sections, and you know it's just incredible. Wow. We we used to work hard to to get some of the uh, information they get nowadays uh, to snap of a button. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, I get it, I get it. And we're gonna have to go to a quick break <laughs> because you and I could roll all. All, well, just we could roll for a lot more than a Mississippi minute. Go to visit Mississippi.org to find out what you're going to do this weekend. And trust me, folks, so many great things. In the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio, I've got our very own legendary Sid Herring. We'll be right back. Ben Shapiro. Every day we're driving the debate in America with the fastest moving, hardest hitting, most comprehensive fact-based commentary on the radio. Ben Shapiro, tonight at 9 on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi news doesn't sleep, and neither do we. At supertalk.fm, you get news from all over the state. From stories to keep you safe, to legislation that could affect your bank account, to weather reports to help you better plan your weekend. Plus, find in-depth interviews with the newsmakers in the Super Talk podcast archives. And everything Mississippi sports. Your Mississippi news. All the time, on air and online at supertalk.fm. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. As we strut down a Mississippi highway with a Mississippi great and a worldly great, I love it when someone from Mississippi goes and takes it to the world and the globe is shining down on our beautiful state. I'm Steve Azar. I'm with Sid Herring in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Visit Mississippi.org. Can I say it again? Visit Mississippi.org. I'll sing it for you if you want me to. Just check it out. Uh, Sid, right now, first of all, you end up in Nashville like we did. I needed to go really book really work on my craft as a songwriter it was take what i did in mississippi and turn it into something that 
everybody would want to hear. And now I'm really writing a lot about where I'm from, even more so because I because I feel yep. like I can now. Okay, so I'm in a place right. where I feel like I can, and it, and it's the most honest thing that I can do. What got you to Nashville, or got you to go to Nashville? Well, I, well, I tell you, the first time we went was uh, let me think. Uh, we came here to uh, we were in Muscle Shows at Bain. <laughs> Believe it or not, we, we had like two four-track scullies, and we could only do four things at a time, and then we had to ping-pong on, on some other stuff. We wasn't going to do that, of course. <laughs> so we had to take the last track, to, and we did in the uh, barn, the red barn. We cut, uh, and I had to do the vocals, and I think we did the vocals on several songs and, and uh, background stuff here in Nashville, and so we came here. Doing that, and I think that was in 19, uh, probably 64 or mm-hmm. 5. And uh, that was the first time, I think, I think maybe my folks had brought me to Nashville when I was about 12, but uh, Johnny and I. Yeah. But uh, other than that, that was really the first time I'd ever came to Nashville. And then after I came, I, I kept coming back quite a bit. In fact, the reason I'm here now is because I just, I kept spending so much time recording here right. and kept thinking, man, this is a great place. And oh, I mean, Hendersonville, which out here on the lake yeah. is just wonderful. You got, you got the lake, you got the town, you got the, you all, you got it all. You know, so, you got, you know, you got everybody moving in. You know that, don't you? How are you handling all that traffic? Well, that is a disappointment because <laughs> out here in Hendersonville, when we, when we first got here, we had a, a place over here off the, it was actually on the other side of the street of the lake. But we had 14 acres behind us, yeah. and all of it was lakeside. Yeah. And so we just felt like we had uh, the country. We were growing strawberries, you know? Yeah. And uh, we had the country scene and the 15 minutes from the city scene, and now, boom. <laughs> yeah. You can't go anywhere without bumper-to-bumper stuff. So right. I, I did, I, I'm not happy about that, but then I'm thinking about Going and moving, moving out a little way from. You know where you can move, don't you? Let me. I, I can got you. I can send you. You know, Google Maps or Waze. You know, they have really pretty cool directions back to Greenwood. You know that, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I love that. Now I got a. If I'm like a homing pigeon. You turn me loose, and I just automatically go back to Greenwood. Well, we'd love to have you back, and that's the end of a Mississippi minute because you and I could talk forever. I tell you, it's been a blessing to get to to know you better, Sid, and and. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. That's something you've done with your music uh, for a lot of decades, and uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. Go to visit Mississippi.org, folks. Take your time. Thumb through it. Well, I, and, uh, Sid, well, I can't I, thank you enough. I sure am, I appreciate you, Steve. I appreciate you uh, giving me a call and being on your show, and, and hopefully uh, maybe we can get together in the future. It sounds like we... We're made from the same weave. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell uh, you what. That's a weave that maybe... (laughs) That's trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Could be. I love you, pal. You're the best. Blessings to you and your family, and I'll see you soon, I hope. Same to you, bud. Take care. Take care. Later. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time.
thousands of Bulldog fans have subscribed to the Thunder and Lightning podcast. Have you? On each episode, Brian Haydad and Joel Coleman give you an inside look at your Mississippi State Bulldogs. The Thunder and Lightning podcast is free and available on demand at supertalk.fm and on your smartphone. Just search for Thunder and Lightning on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thunder and Lightning from Supertalk Mississippi, covering the Bulldogs like no one else. Hey, I'm Billy Kinder, host of Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. You can hear the show Saturday afternoons 1 until 3 right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Gary Klein and Kelly Jordan are our pros from the Bassmaster Elite Series. Mr. Whitetail Larry Wysoon takes care of all of our big game needs. Plus, Tom Dockin and Ronnie Smith will help you build a better bird dog. Not to mention the fact that we just have a whole heck of a lot of fun with a lot of great guests. I hope you'll be a regular. Hey, we'll see you in the camp house this Saturday at 1 on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi news doesn't sleep, and neither do we. At supertalk.fm, you get news from all over the state. From stories to keep you safe, to legislation that could affect your bank account, to weather reports to help you better plan your weekend. Plus, find in-depth interviews with the newsmakers in the Supertalk podcast archives. And everything Mississippi sports. Your Mississippi news. All the time, on air and online at supertalk.fm.fm. Feeling down? Here's your prescription for a daily dose of good news and positive vibes. Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Every afternoon, Rebecca highlights all the good things happening right here in the state you call home. Daily exposure to good things with Rebecca Turner may cause smiling, feelings of positivity, happiness, and even laughter. When you experience these symptoms, tell your friends to listen. Okay. Weekdays starting at 2 p.m. here on Super Talk Mississippi and now on Amazon Alexa devices. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.